Good evening. Welcome in to the PowerMizzou.com live show of the Missouri basketball season after a 78-63 loss to Princeton. Gabe DeArmon and Drew King live with you from the Sacramento Holiday Inn. We will talk a little bit about this one. I want to invite you guys to uh, put up your comments and questions. Alex Stenman running things behind the scenes. He'll put your comments on the screen as we go through the show. Going to be honest, guys. Don't expect this to be a long one. Uh, not a ton to say about the game. Uh, expect there's going to be a lot of frustration. Uh, so you can air that here. Drew and I will let you do it and probably tell you why we believe some of it is misguided, but that's fine. Uh, so anything you've got to say about this game, feel free. We'll get those up on the screen throughout the show. Before we do that, do want to, uh, again, this is the final one. So I want to thank our friend James Carlton, who's been with us all season, State Farm Insurance. Go to carltoninsurance.net. Get in touch with him at 314-961-4800, facebook.com slash Insurance. James wants to save you some money on your insurance. He wants to donate $20 to every True Tiger Foundation for every person that calls him and gets a quote um, and mentions powermazoo.com. So thanks to James uh, for being here with us all year. Thanks to all of you guys as well. And Drew, just start here, kind of instant thought, takeaway from a loss that, hey, I had the score almost exactly right. I just, I had him flip. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously Mizzou didn't, play well today but I don't necessarily think it was their worst game I think it, a lot of what happened today came down to the fact that Princeton just played lights out across the board um offensively defensively they were just the better team today I felt like mm -hmm. um and, and so um I, I think this is probably Princeton's best team in program history I, I don't think they've made it to the sweet 16 before um and so yeah. Yeah, and, and so I, I think that this is um, – it's it is a little bit of a shock, but given the way that Princeton played today, um, it wasn't all that surprising that Mizzou ended up on the wrong side today. So this is the hard thing about this tournament. Um, and to be honest, it's why we love it. It is the worst way in all of sports to determine a champion. It just is. Mm -hmm. Arkansas is not a better team than Kansas. Fairleigh Dickinson is not a better team than Purdue. Princeton is not a better team than Arizona or Missouri. I mean, let's be honest, Drew, this isn't Princeton's best win in the last three days. Um, yeah. You know, but if Princeton plays Arizona 10 times, I think they lose nine. If Princeton plays Missouri 10 times, I think they lose seven. But on that day, Princeton was the better team in both games. Because if you had told Mitch Henderson, here is a piece of paper. Write down your script for how you win this game. He wrote that game. And his team deserves credit for, like, they just did everything right. We were talking yeah. on the way back from the arena. There were two different times in that game I thought Missouri was going to win. That a 7 nothing run to end the first half. And I texted you, they might have just saved their season. And then mm -hmm. they come out and they get a stop and they get a score. And it is a five-point game. I 100% thought at that point, Princeton was going to melt a little bit and Missouri was going to win the game. And it didn't happen. And that has a lot more to do with Princeton than it does with Missouri. Absolutely. And the thing about it was 
Princeton kept doing that, right? Because Mizzou Every cut time. it down to single digits a couple of times in that second half, and Princeton always had an answer for them. So, like, like we said, like Princeton played lights out tonight. Um, it, it was their night. Um, it, I, I don't think it was necessarily that Missouri had its worst game. Um, that th- th- they did a couple of things well tonight. Um, they just it, it was like everything that could have gone wrong for Mizzou. Like when you look at what's happened in their previous losses, um, they, they kind of got exposed in every part of it, right? They, they got exposed on the boards. They didn't get turnovers. They didn't make enough threes. So um, yeah, I think it, it, it's a lot of, a lot of the credit belongs to Princeton in this one. So I thought two things happened. Princeton exposed the problems that we knew Missouri had, right? Rebounding. We knew that was a problem. Three point defense. We knew that was a problem at times. The reason Missouri lost, though, because they have won games against teams like this and teams better than this with those problems existing. The reason they lost today was that they also had a couple of other problems, namely mm-hmm. 28% from three-point range, Yeah, Boy Hodge scoring two points in the entire game. And what happened that I didn't expect was that Kobe Brown was unable to score in the paint. I mean, Princeton's guys were better defensively than he was off. The first four possessions of the second half, Missouri gave Kobe the ball and they let him go to work exactly like they did yesterday against Utah State with 11 minutes to go. And you know what happened? Princeton stopped him three out of those four times. Mm -hmm. And the numbers, 12.7 rebounds, three assists, they don't tell the story because Kobe hit two threes, his only two threes, with like two minutes left. The game was over. They didn't matter. For all intents and purposes, Kobe had six points when that game mattered. Missouri can't win when Kobe has six points. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of it, too, I thought the refs maybe didn't call it as tight as yesterday. They definitely let some contact go, okay. especially in the paint, for sure. Um, but but like you said, like the plan was to get Kobe the ball, right? That wasn't the issue tonight. Um, and it was just that Keyshawn Kelman – and Tosan Awoma did a really good job of, of stopping him when he got there. Um, they sent a whole bunch of double teams his way. Um, Kobe talked about how, um, you know, he's seen double teams before, obviously. But what Princeton did a good job of was taking away his vision so that he couldn't find the open man on the weak side, right? Because that's what he's supposed to do when he draws that extra attention. Um, so, yeah, like that's... You nailed it. Princeton's game plan was executed to a T, and it really affected how Mizzou usually wins games, which is to get Kobe the ball and either have him score at the cup or find the open man with his passing ability, and and he wasn't able to do that today. Yeah, and the one interesting thing that Mitch Henderson said that, frankly, I don't agree with, he said, I thought our best could – our very best could beat their very best. And I don't agree with that. If Missouri plays its very best, even with Princeton playing well today, Missouri wins that game. Um, and and I believe that because I think Missouri is a better team and there's a reason that, they were the seven and, and Princeton was the 15. I find that interesting too because yesterday he talked about like, well, we haven't really seen the athletes that Mizzou has or you know the, the speed that they have. So I, I, don't I know think it was say. something that a coach says, you know. Sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, and look, Tearsell says no way Mizzou beats them seven out of ten. I, I think they do because I, I think it was yeah 
what was that? C minus D plus Missouri? Is that yeah, fair? Would, or would I you would say, say better? No, I'd, I'd say it was probably like a C minus Missouri. Like, okay. um, so C minus Missouri thing. lost to a Princeton and was at times in the second half, six points down to a Princeton. I, I mean, so if they play 10 times, like Princeton plays a game, maybe twice. Right. And Missouri plays a D game, maybe twice, you know, and if well, those fall on the same day, that's what happens. And the thing was, like, they've been in that exact same situation before where the other team was up double digits. They make a run at the end of the first half, right? This, talking about the LSU road game, and then they come back in the second half to win it, right? So they've shown that they can win those types of games. They just weren't able to today. The LSU road game and the Georgia road game. And you know what the difference in those two games was versus this one, Drew? What's Princeton that? didn't turn the ball over. Yep. Princeton didn't ever let – they let Missouri get a couple 7-0 runs. They never let Missouri get a 15-2 run because they never turned the ball over. Um, you know, and, and so you see the numbers here, guys. Rebounding, we knew it was a problem. Like, look, the three-point field goals, 12 of 34. Like, that's not a ridiculous percentage. They, they shot so many. Now, Ryan Longborg and Blake Peters were 9 of 20. And those guys won the game. The, the interior defense on Kobe and Ryan Longborg and Blake Peters shooting won the game. I, I wrote this in, in my quick thoughts after the game. Because I, I had a lot of people saying, well, yeah, of course you're going to lose when you give them so many open threes. I mean, first of all, Missouri's given up open threes all year. Princeton shot approximately the same percentage as Missouri opponents have all year long. There were two differences. First of all, when those came. Every time Princeton needed a shot, they, they got that shot. And here's, mm -hmm. here's why they got that shot. Because in the first half, Missouri went man-to-man -man defense, and Princeton was killing them inside. That At one point in that game, points in the paint were 22-10 to 10 in favor of Princeton. So what did Dennis Gates do? He put Mohamed Diara in the game, and he went with a 1-3-1 zone. And Mo Diara was the guy underneath the basket. And Drew, you tell me if you saw it differently. It looked to me like they told Mohamed Diara, you are under the basket. That is where you are. You are not chasing this out to the corner because we need you to protect the paint. So when he stayed in there and protected the paint and they found that guy in the corner, there was nobody on him. But the point is they went man and they got killed inside. And then they went zone and they got killed outside. That isn't getting out coached. That's there just wasn't a solution today because Princeton was really good on in both areas. And uh, you mentioned, you know, the timeliness of some of those shots. They hit a couple early on and got that little bit of a lead. Um, and because that they were the 15 seed, that immediately got the crowd behind them, right? And I think that really energized their team a little bit. Um, and then you talked about me, uh, Muhammad Diara. Uh, there was a play where Mizzou had pressed up on Princeton, and they threw this long pass to the corner, and – Diara and DeAndre Golston are the only two guys back. Um, but Golston was a little bit farther out than Diara was from the guy. And so Diara just kind of jogged out there 
because like you said, his job was to protect the rim. They didn't want him to extend all the way out to the corner. Um, and, and it kind of just left the guy open and he knocked down the three. Um, but I, I do think it was a pretty good game for Diara overall, especially mm-hmm. because we hadn't seen him make that big of an impact in the last couple of games. Um, so I do think that that was a, a pretty good performance out of him to pick up a couple of blocks um, and, and you know, end the season on kind of a high note for him moving on to next year. But yeah, I, I think defensively, the other thing with Mizzou was um, to start the game. I felt like they were closing out way too hard, Gabe, right? Like they were either like jumping to contest Princeton's three pointers, or they weren't able to get their feet set enough so that when Princeton drove, they were able to backpedal and cut off but, the drive. And that's how they were able like to that's get this to the team. Rim. That's yeah. what they've done all year, except against Utah state. They didn't. And it worked. Yeah. And so, you know, like, it, it you went into this thinking they'd be able to do the same and instead they kind of reverted to some old habits yeah so david newman brings up a point that look i i knew would be the case and david i i don't want that to sound like you know it's, it's not a valid point but um people are saying you know i wonder if the super loose attitude from yesterday was that they didn't take princeton seriously i don't really think it was um i think that's who this team has been this year and it's worked all year. And so I think we point to things like that. And look, because I highlighted it in the column. So I put it out there. So I understand why you guys are reacting to it. But I think when things don't work, we point to that. Or we point to the coach's demeanor on the sidelines. Or we point to, they just got outplayed, guys. I, I mean, it's not, there's not, a, a, this team didn't do anything today that did that they didn't do to get to 24 and nine or 25 and nine. The only thing they did was not play quite as well. That's it. Like Dennis Gates didn't coach them to shoot six of 22 from three point. Like there were a couple times. I know Nick Honor missed one of them and I know Sean East missed one of them, mm-hmm. but there were a couple times where there was a shot that you said, boy, if this goes down, the pressure shifts to Princeton. Yeah. And it didn't go down. And then, what happened almost every one of those times was that Princeton immediately came back and made that shot. So mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I thought the, the final margin, I, I told somebody with about eight minutes to go, I said, the final margin here is going to be worse than probably even it should be because Missouri is now at the point where they have to take chances on every single possession, right? Where they just had to shoot some bad shots and they had to go after steals that they weren't going to get. And Princeton made it, Princeton made him pay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just really tough to build any type of momentum um, because of the timeliness of Princeton shots and because of the turnovers. It all kind of compounded. Um, it, it, and like I said, like the crowd was not behind Mizzou tonight um, because they they were the seventh seed. Princeton, and you the knew it wouldn't seed. be right, right. Um, but I, I think the the issue came down to the that they let the crowd into it, right? And and let mm-hmm. Princeton feed off of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, Princeton had a good night. That's that's really all it was. I, I, and you talk about kind of the loose energy. Um, you know, Dennis Gates wants his guys to take half court shots at the end of warmups, right? Like he's he wants them to feel like themselves going into every game. So I, I don't know that that was necessarily the issue there. Yeah, and and here's what's going to happen, Drew, because I've seen this happen before. 
Princeton mm-hmm. is probably going to go out and get mauled by the winner of Creighton or Baylor, right? They're not yeah. going to play this well again next week uh, in all likelihood. And Missouri fans are going to use that to say, well, see, we should be in the Elite Eight because we could have beaten that team because, you know, but that's just not how it works, guys. It's it, it, it last game doesn't mean anything and next game doesn't really mean anything. And this tournament is 40 minutes that determines your entire season. And what struck me, and I'm going to write about this, and I don't want this to come across to say that they aren't disappointed because I promise they're disappointed. But you know who didn't seem devastated by this and seem like they had wrecked their season? Was Dennis Gatesher's players. I, I thought they had, and usually after a game like this, like we all have to lot. Uh, we all come have to on. ask John. I'm just going to assume that's a well-timed joke and good work. <laughs> um, if it's not, God help you. Um, but uh, but usually after a loss like this, like we all have to ask, and we don't expect a good answer. Is I know it's early, but like, can you still appreciate or put into perspective what this season? And most of the guys are going to say, yeah, it was a good season, but like tonight's just, you know, right now I, I'm, I'm just upset. I will give Missouri's players and Dennis Gates credit. Before we even asked, they were saying, I wish we would have played better. Give Princeton credit. They played really well. But like they had an appreciation for what they had done this year. You know, and, and and the players that we got at the press conference were the four guys that we know aren't coming back. Ben Sternberg, Trey Gomillion, Dre Golston, and Des Moines Hodge. And they were asked that question, you know, what what would you want to be remembered about this season? And every one of them said, we want to be known as the guys who helped Coach Gates establish this foundation and build this culture. And like years from now, when this program is what you guys want it to be, we want you to look back at this team and know that this was the one that started it. And I like, look, we don't know if ultimately that will be their, their legacy. But if I had told you on November 1st that Missouri is going to win 25 games, they're going to finish fourth in the SEC, they're going to play in the conference tournament semifinals, and they're going to win a game in the NCAA tournament for the first time in 13 years. There is absolutely no one associated with this program in any way who would not have signed up for that. Yeah, that was that was really kind of the feeling from the guys I talked to in the locker room, Kobe, Noah, um, Sean and Nick. You know, they I asked them the same thing there. You know, what do you want people to remember about this specific team, even though some of them might come back? Right. Um, and, and all of them were like, we want to this was the team that proved people wrong. Right. We were picked 11th in the preseason of, of the SEC. Um, people didn't think we would beat. um uh, you know, the first round in, of the NCAA tournament win that first round game. Um, and we're the team that controlled our own destiny and, and got as far as we did. And so, um, you know, like you said, that doesn't take away from the disappointment that they feel tonight, right? Because they they were really wearing it on their sleeve in the locker room. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, this game 
kind of like Dennis Gates said, it's not going to define their entire season because they they did some accomplished a whole lot this year. And and here's what's hard about college sports and, and really all sports. First of all, 67 of the 68 teams are going to end this season this way. Now, maybe not by 15 points, but look, I don't know that losing by 15 points hurts any less than losing on a buzzer beater. It, it all sucks. You're, the last game of your season in college basketball is a loss, unless you are one team. And so that's hard. And, and the other thing is when it's the last one of the year, like we know we never get to see this team again. Right. Um, yeah. We will see a Missouri basketball team next year, and it might even be a better Missouri basketball team, but we won't see this one. And Michael Kaiser is asking who, who's back. So the only ones we know aren't back are Sternberg, Golston, Million, and Hodge. Everybody else can come back. I would fully anticipate Noah Carter, Nick Honor, Sean East, Aiden Shaw, and the three incoming freshmen and Mohamed DR are back. Right. And, and Kurt Lewis, you agree the, with that? the Juco. Yeah. Right. Four. And so that's, yeah. that's what eight or nine guys right there. Yeah. Um, we don't know about Kobe Brown. Uh, I, I don't know. Last night he looked like a pro tonight. He looked like a guy whose legacy might just become, be one of the better players that's ever played here. I, I don't know. Uh, he is obviously the big one. We don't know about Isaiah Mosley, but like, I don't know. To me, Isaiah Mosley hasn't really been on this team for about a month now. Yeah. You know, um, so it's kind of hard to see him being back. Right. Um, with with Kobe, I checked ESPN's kind of top 100 after the um, Utah State game. They had him up to number 50 overall. Um, so that tells me that he definitely helped himself um, with that game. Right. I think that there's an outside shot. He gets drafted. I think at the very least, he's going to throw his name in there and go to the combine and talk to scouts and see, you know, if he's not an NBA player like Cole thinks he's not. Um, what what does he need to show next year to do so? Because that's here's yeah. the thing, Drew. There's nothing he can show. Yeah. If he's not an NBA player this year, he's not an NBA player next year because all he is next year is one year older and he's already old. That's true. I, I'll say this, that a lot of people think the three-point shooting might be a fluke, right? And if he can do it again next year, that might help his case a little bit. But, like, dude shot 47% from three this year. Um, he Like, I just don't think there's anything else he can prove on a basketball court. And the thing about the NBA, so let's say that 50th is some – let's say that 50th is 10 spots too low. Let's say he's drafted number 40 in the NBA draft. You know what that guarantees you? Not one thing. Uh, nope. Not – one, basically, if you are drafted outside of the top 15 in the NBA draft, like you have almost no, ch like you have a, at best, a 50-50 chance to make a roster. Is that about fair, do you think? Well, not, well, I don't know about making a roster. 50-50 shot to play, to get an actual minutes if you're outside the top 15. With the second round picks, you are right. Like most of them get signed to a two-way deal and they spend most of their time in the G League and they might get called up for a handful of games. A lot of them don't, right? And a lot of them yeah. might play in three NBA games for their entire career and that's the end of it, right? So um, for Kobe, it, his decision has to come down to like is – taking that shot this year worth it right right um and and whether or not 
um, he values that over trying to run it back and, and feeling like there might be some unfinished business with Mizzou. And like Zachary had said, NIL money, yeah, it can bring it back. It, it, it can. Now, ultimately, there might not be a number, right? Like maybe Missouri comes and says, we can get you this. And he says, guys, it's not about the money. I just want to go take my shot. Um, but like the, the comparison or a comparison, and Drew, I, I don't know if you'll remember this because I don't know how long you've been a Spurs fan and mm-hmm. I don't know how much attention you pay to the draft. But after the 2012 season, Marcus Denman was a two-time, two-time first team all Big 12 player. He is one of... The, he is, in my opinion, one of the two best basketball players at Missouri in the last 20 years since Kareem Rush left. He was drafted 59th overall by the San Antonio Spurs, his second to last pick in the NBA draft. He never played a game in the NBA. He has made a ton of money overseas. Um, you know, now it's different. He's a, a small guard. Kobe's either, I guess, a big guard or a, a small, I don't know what Kobe is exactly, which is part of the problem. But the point is, Being a really good college player doesn't always translate. Now, here's the thing. Marcus Denman didn't have that option to come back. He had done. Mm -hmm. There was no COVID year. I wish there was still no COVID year because that would mean there was no COVID. But, um, you know, he he couldn't come back. He just, he had to go pro. Kobe doesn't. And so, I I don't know. We'll we'll see, you know, and and that'll be what, that that's the biggest, like the biggest piece to Dennis Gates' first year was, can I get Kobe to come back? Yeah, and the biggest piece to Dennis Gates' second year is, can I get Kobe to come back? You know, exactly. Uh, I also want to point out, I love Zachary Ray's uh, profile photo of of Ben Sternberg uh, with a case of Keystone Light over his shoulder. I seriously <laughs> thought that was Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> but you're right, it's Ben Sternberg. Oh, it's so, incredible. Um, so, look, guys, um, like I said, there, there's not a ton to say about this one, right? It sucks. It hurts. It might wreck your day. It should not wreck this season. Um, I want to finish this, Drew, with just kind of your, like I've said for a long time, that I view our roles here as when you guys are really high to kind of give you some perspective and say, I know you feel great, but like just be aware of what could happen. And when you guys are low, like you are tonight, our job is to say, guys, it's not that bad. Like, that's how I've always viewed my role. But Drew, just kind of overarching thoughts. And look, we'll do a show next week and kind of wrap this whole thing yeah. up and all that. But just just overarching thoughts on, you know, this this tournament, this season, kind of this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can say enough about how much of a like pleasant surprise this season was for everybody involved, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would think some of the players – didn't expect to have this kind of a season when it when they first transferred to Missouri. I don't think right? Dennis Gates expected this season. I know what he says, but I don't think he did. I don't want to put words in his mouth, um, but you know, I do. It's fine. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it, uh, this team overachieved every step of the way, um, and they underachieved tonight, but they still. Um, you know, got farther than anyone expected them to. Um, And so I would say that that's a really positive um, stepping stone kind of season for Dennis Gates' first year. Um, I think he proved that he's a, you know, his reputation as being a good talent evaluator, like that's, that's a theory now, like that's a law. You can put that in writing. Yeah. Yes. Um, And so it'll be, 
really, really interesting to see where he goes from here, right? Whether or not Kobe comes back and, and all the new pieces that he brings in to try and shape this roster um, more to like what his real vision for the team is, because this year, um, you know, I, I felt like he went with guys he knew, right? He went with Demoy Hodge and Trey Gomillion and, and uh, Dre Golston, all of whom he had seen play before. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be the really interesting thing moving forward is, is how well Dennis can sustain or even improve the program. So I want to wrap it up this way. I'm 46 years old. This is the 20th Missouri basketball season I have covered. You guys, like I have developed a reputation and earned it as being the crabby old dude, right? I get it. Um, <laughs> you know, you're the fans. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like I, I get all that. Here's why we're sports fans, guys. We're sports fans because it's fun. And if it's not fun, you shouldn't do it. This team was so fun to watch, and it was so fun to cover all season long. That Illinois game was kind of the first. I, I, I might get in trouble for not putting an explicit warning on this. That was the first holy shit moment for me. Like, oh, hold on. And then they came back six days later and backed it up against Kentucky. And that was the day we started to go, okay, what we thought, like this Demoy Hodge is a good Horizon League player. No, forget that. He's a good SEC player. Mm -hmm. Kobe Brown is a nice player. No, Kobe Brown is a player of the year candidate. Dennis Gates, no, like that was the that was the week that we started to think, damn, okay. And whether it was that, whether it was, you know, pick your other game. Um, whether it was Dre Golston winning two games on on 40 footers, whether it was beating Tennessee twice, whether it was ending the 13 year streak in the national title game or I, national, they did not win the national title game, uh, the, the, the NCAA tournament first round. Right. Whatever it was like. That's why we watch. And again, if the reason you watch sports is the only way I can be happy is if you know, my team is in the final four cutting down nets or winning a national title. Almost all of us are going to end up mad. Um, and like, we truly do appreciate how invested you guys are in this. And, and I've been pleasantly surprised at the, uh, at the, the comments and, and the reaction here. I think an hour later, everybody is starting to, to settle down and, and have some perspective <laughs> on this. And that's great. Yeah. Um, but like, this has to be fun. And if it's not fun, like, stop doing it, right? Like, I, I remember 2012 was the year Missouri lost to Norfolk. And Kentucky and Kansas were playing for the national title. And that was the day I felt like I grew up and I was a full-grown adult. Because I said, the only thing I can possibly feel by watching this game is relief. So you know what I did? For the first time in my conscious lifetime, I did not watch one second of the national title game. <clears throat> and I woke up the next morning and Kentucky won. And I said, okay, good. Like, if I had to pick a result, that's the one I wanted. But I didn't want to watch that game and cheer for Kentucky to win because I didn't – I only liked that I, – I hated that less than Kansas winning. I just – but I still didn't like it, right? So it, it's about the journey. And the journey that Dennis Gates and this team has taken Missouri fans on, I, I hope that three years from now or two years from now, he is standing at a Final Four doing a press conference and cutting down a net. And you guys can look back at this team – in that way that they talked about. But even if they don't, like, I've covered 20 seasons and this one's in the top three. I, I Of just the most, I've enjoyed it. 
and they're good kids. And um, we didn't have to cover any stupid stuff like, you know, Alabama might cut down a net, but that's not a fun season to cover. This was no. a fun season to cover. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So, guys, um, appreciate it. Drew and I have a 6 a.m. flight out of Sacramento tomorrow morning. So we're going to be traveling. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be traveling. And David, totally agree. Like, I, I don't want to end this without publicly saying on this show where a lot of you guys have joined us all year. Uh, you know, Drew has has done a phenomenal job covering this team. I'm glad that he got a team that that was fun to cover and that, that he could bring you guys a lot of those stories. I'm glad to to be a part of it, but he did the heavy lifting this year. So um, appreciate you guys all being here throughout the year. Appreciate our friend uh, James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net. I'm going to remind you one more time, carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. Get in touch with James. He'll try to save you some money on your insurance. He will also uh, give $20 to the Mizzou NIL Collective on your behalf if you get a quote from him and mention Power Mizzou. Before you leave this one, uh, like the channel, uh, like the show, subscribe, do all those things. It, it's not going to be every week necessarily. We are still going to do some of these shows and podcasts. We'll bring Gerard Hamilton, Sean Williams back into the fold a little bit, mix it up a little bit. We'll give Drew a few more days off because trust me, guys, He's worked harder than I have this season, and I need a couple days off. So I know he needs a couple. <laughs> um, but but appreciate you guys truly hanging out here and making this uh, making this fun for us to do. We have enjoyed it. It's been a ball. We've got a little more writing to do. And um, it's off season, guys. Portal's coming. It's going to be a good time. Talk to you next time. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Alex. And thank all you guys.